Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 105 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here with Cody Jansen today. Bob putting in some extra hours down at Rogers Place before the Oilers entertain the New Jersey Devils on our airwaves tonight. 7 o'clock puck drop. Cam and Bob have the call. Reed Wilkins sets it up with the face-off show at 530 2022 Oilers Hall of Fame class goes up into the the Loge Ring, I guess. We'll have a new display feature, and we'll see what it looks like tonight for the first time. Uh, whether it's above or below the Loge seating, I cannot confirm, but uh, 6 o'clock, I can confirm, is the time that that will start on 6.30, Chad. Japanese Village is Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. You can keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780 063 River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement bet on it. That number again, 780-496-0063 is the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Okay. Some more pre-canned content for you from just this morning from Rogers Place. It's a busy one for all the alumni, and as uh, as a result, it's busy for Bob, too. But he did chat with Louis DeBrusque today, who joins the show, as he always does, for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers since uh, 1972. Visit gcldiesel.com. Uh, Louis DeBrusque with Bob. For our friends at GCL Diesel, we are pleased to be joined by uh, former Edmonton Oilers player, current Edmonton Oilers television analyst, Louis DeBrusque. Louis, welcome back to the show. Before we get to the here and now against the New Jersey Devils, it is a big night. Uh, One of your former teammates, Ryan Smith, along with the guy who, in terms of... Euler Lore is uh, is one of the most respected players in team history at Lee Fogle. And just a thought on, uh, you know, you're on that committee with me. It's uh, it, it was a privilege to even be included as one of the uh, the voters on the committee, one of the uh, people that work on that. But uh, Lee Fogle and Ryan Smith. When I yeah. when I mention those two names, your thoughts? Well, a big smile comes to my face because it's so fitting to see them um, honored tonight um, in the inaugural class of uh, the Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame. You know, for Lee Foglin, I got here in 91, so I didn't get to cross paths with Lee and play with him. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But it was incredible the amount of people that talked about Lee. You know, when I came here, the legends of the game, every single story that you would hear, and there were still a lot of guys that carried over from their last Cup in 90 in my first year here, Lee Fogelin's name came up all the time. Uh, and that was the impact that he had on the players that he played with in this organization, and he carried that on um, for years. Um, he played it the right way. He made guys better, and I think he taught the young Oilers of the 80s how to play the game the right way and win hockey games and what it took. And if the, the best player in the game, Wayne Gretzky, is a guy that praises you all the time, you know that you've done something right in the game, and, and that's what I took from that. For Ryan Smith, you know, there, this is a guy I played with, and I'm really excited to see his, his name go up there because... He's one of the most beloved Oilers of all time. And the reason for that is because of what he brought to the table, his love of the game. I mean, he was incredible the way he played with passion. He would do anything to score a goal. He would take abuse in front of the net. And the Oiler fans just absolutely loved the fact that he was that type of a player. He loved being an Oiler. He, was, he, he just loved putting that jersey on each and every night, going out there and skating. And, you know, we had to, we had to literally rip him off the ice bog. And I'm not joking, like multiple times it was like, hey, you're going to make the bus late if you don't get off now. And the veteran players are going to be mad at you, so let's go. Get off the ice. But he never wanted to leave the ice. That's where he felt the, the best. That's where he wanted to be. And, and congratulations to both of them. It's fitting that both of them are in the inaugural class. All right, let's get to the here and now uh, of tonight's game. The Edmonton Oilers on a five-game winning streak against the New Jersey Devils who won seven of their last eight games. The Devils. They're shooting the lights out. They got a plus 17 shot differential per game now. They've only played two teams that made the playoffs last year, whereas Edmonton started with seven of their first 10 games against playoff teams from last season. But just a, a thought on tonight's matchup. I agree. One of the fastest teams in the league. They play a very quick hockey game. Um, they have five lines that can really roll. They have a, a structured defense core. I agree with you. I, I think that this is a real test for the New Jersey Devils, and they understand that. They're a young team, very young team, the youngest team in the National Hockey League, if I'm not mistaken. And they are a team that's going to look at the Edmonton Oilers and say, okay, we better be ready tonight. So they will be ready. They will be flying in this game. They'll be excited to play against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the likes. So Edmonton has to be ready for that, and that'll be very important too. Edmonton, as the team, understands that they're going to get the opposition's best game each and every night. And it's not going to be any different tonight. They're going to get a real fast, a team that's feeling it right now in New Jersey. Lindy Ruff has them firing all cylinders. Andrew Burnett, who was brought in as an associate coach, I think has done wonders with them as well. Did good things in Florida last year before being relieved and you know what it should be a good game this will be a big test for Edmonton all right so let's uh, just uh, you know talk a bit about the fact that we got a couple teams with two number one overall picks right you got uh, obviously Jack Hughes who a lot of uh, the guys in the east think is a potential 100 point guy uh, even though Jesper Bratt right now is the guy that's uh, leading the team in scoring very underrated player and then he sure's a real good all-around player and right and I mean he went number one in 17 of course McDavid number one in 15 Nugent Hopkins in 2000 
2011. And the Oilers still have a guy named Drysdale. There's a lot of star power in this game, isn't <laughs> yeah. there? There's a ton. When you look at the roster of the New Jersey Devils, incredible to see the draft picks that they've had, the high picks they've had, and obviously had to go through a lot of lean years to get those picks. Um, Jack Hughes, for me, has taken a step, and there's a confidence in his game right now. And I'll say this, and don't take this the wrong way, but he plays similar to Connor McDavid. Very fast off the rush, can make a play at that high speed. Um, Jesper Brad, as you mentioned, is a guy that uh, reminds me of Sebastian Ajo to Carolina. And this team reminds me with the way they pressure the puck of the Carolina Hurricanes. That's the game they want to play. They want to force you with speed. They want to force you with aggression. And when they get that puck, they have the skilled players to make something happen with it. Like I said, you have to be on your toes with this team. We've seen what they've done early in the season with teams that have taken them lightly. It hasn't gone very well for those teams. And I don't think Edmonton will be surprised because they know how good some of those players over there are. We are joined by Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel, Bob Stauffer here at uh, Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers, the New Jersey Devils thing. Connor McDavid, 11 goals in the first 10 games. I mean, <laughs> I, I go back to what Chris Knobloch said when the Oilers won the lottery. Bob, you're going to take McDavid. We all know it. He's the guy. Come on. And you're going to be sitting there four or five years from now with him on the team going, I've never seen him do this. And we haven't seen him score like this. And it's not like he's volume shooting. Mm -hmm. But guys at that level, Louis, they never stop working on their craft, do they? They never do. And that's the greatest asset that Connor has is the fact that he's continually trying to improve his game. I'm not surprised, though, to be honest with you, Bob. He had 40 goals last year, I think, with 11 games to go. Could have easily probably pushed for 50 last year if he really wanted to, but uh, there's a part of me that always feels with Connor, he's going to make the best play that he feels is there at that given time. And, and I think what he's realizing is because his options are getting taken away because he's such a great passer, that the option to shoot is there. But he has a conviction to his shot this year. When he shoots that puck, it's, he's looking to bury it. He's picking corners. He's got a little extra pace on it. I love seeing it because I feel he has a tremendous shot. One of the best in the game. His release off the rush, the fastest guy in the game, can still shoot it at that speed. That's a dangerous proposition for a goaltender to contend with because you never know when it's going to come off of a stick. And that's probably the shot that he has the best, is the one that he doesn't tell the goaltender when he's going to shoot it. Loves to pick that five hole from time to time. Good to see. I think it's a great elevation, and just like Sidney Crosby before him, who was a pass-first guy, eventually worked on that shot, eventually scored 50 goals. That's just part of his repertoire, and you love to see the greatest player in the game working on his skills. All right, we're joined by Louis DeBrus, Bob Stopper with you on Oilers now. Louis, Stuart Skinner in the starters net. We know he's going to start this one. Uh, you know what? Your son came out of the Southside Athletic Club as an unheralded guy. Stuart, frankly, was a little bit more heralded. He was on that team with Tyler Benson and James Hamlin. But we've watched an evolution here occur with a goaltender in front of our eyes, right? I mean, and I wonder how much the, the whole situation with Anton Forsberg a couple years ago really helped Stewart out because he ended up spending all his time in Edmonton on the taxi squad before the AHL season. And then with Forsberg gone, he ended up being the guy in the minors as well. I mean, this is, you see him on the plane. He's low maintenance. He's composed. He's poised. And you know what? When he's on the ice, to me, he's the same guy, Louie. Like, yeah. like he's and he's a big man too, right? He's and he just—I mean, you—you you played in the league 
can you maybe communicate and, and educate our listeners when you have that guy in between the pipes, the confidence level, and then he doesn't seem to get flustered or, or upset at anything. He has the best demeanor for a goaltender. He really does, and I mean that in the best way. He, he just shrugs things off, which is a real tough skill to have, especially when you're a goaltender last line of defense, but he has it. Listen, this has been in the making for years, and he's done it the right way. The organization's done it the right way. They've nurtured him along, given him some opportunities. You can see this year they're giving him a little bit more of an opportunity because he's playing so well. But they don't want to throw him into a position not to succeed. They want him to succeed. And they know they have a very good goaltender in the future here, a great goaltender in the future here that could be your starter for years and years and years. If you look at the homegrown goalies over the history of time that have been starters in the National Hockey League, it's the greats of the game that have come up through an organization, have done it the right way, have learned that organization's tendencies, have worked with that goaltending coach Dustin Schwartz this summer, did an excellent job with Stewart and he says they really worked on his mobility. He didn't want to have such of an explosive push across and get out of position. He wanted to use his edges a little bit more and that's what you're seeing this year. For such a big goalie if you're in that position to make the save, it's very hard to beat you. So a good job by him to continually work on his game and listen, you talked about his size. To have that athleticism at that size, it's just a matter of putting it together. It seems like he is doing that. Alright, I want to highlight one other player here that I think has taken a big step over forward over the last two or three games and that's been Evan Bouchard. And this guy's got a high ceiling. Uh, no, I'm not doing some work here for Jeff Jackson. Like no. he's, We know he's going to get paid in his yeah. next deal. He's not on the first unit power play yet but he's settled down. He had a, kind of a, a little bit of a tough start to the year and uh, I don't know if you agree with me but I, I'm seeing some good things out of Bouchard and yeah, t- he, I, we know he's composed with the puck. Sometimes there's got to be a little bit greater urgency defensively. Your thoughts? Well, well, that's exactly it, right? And I think early on, maybe that wasn't there for Jay Woodcroft, pulled his minutes back a little bit. They worked on it with him, showed him video. And to credit Evan Bouchard, he's really started to ratchet that up. Because it's not it has nothing to do with what he does with the puck on a stick. He has intangibles you can't teach. He really does in the game. He's the best first passer out of the zone. Um, he has tremendous poise with the puck when he's on each line. Uh, He's just one of those players has a good defensive stick, too. That's the other thing that right now I'm starting to see developing him is that offensive ability, that skill with the puck, also works the other way defensively. You're right, though. It comes to the assertion in the defensive zone, being aggressive, making sure you're proactive in your position, in in your check, and we're starting to see that. Now, he's a big kid. He's leaned out. He's starting to get in better shape, and the bigger and stronger that he gets, and I say bigger, I don't say put on a lot of size, I say put on muscle and strength, he's going to be that much more formidable, he's not afraid. You know, there was the one situation with Braden Shen, you and I talked about, he's a pretty tough customer, ran at him pretty heavily, he gives him a cross-check back and chatted with him all the way down the ice, yep. the that's a confidence coming out in the physical aspect of the game for Evan Bouchard. I see it too. I agree with you, Bob. I see him uh, over the last four or five games, he started to take his game to that level that saw him put up over 40 points last year as a full-time rookie. Final one. Boston Bruins, Jake DeBrusque. They're going right now. Now, coaching change, and the coach has done a good job. Cassidy's, maybe he just needed to, uh, maybe the team needed a fresh start. Not sure they would have got everybody back that's there right now. You're watching Boston play. What are they doing well? Is it a by- Do they have that good of a team? Because they've had some injuries on defense. They've had a ton of injuries, and they've been able to deal with them, which is the most impressive thing they've been able to do, but I just think, you know what, I think with Krejci coming back, I think Bergeron, there was a question whether or not he was going to come back. They bring bring those two veteran centermen back in the lineup. Krejci's out.
out right now, but they had to deal with some adversity. I do believe that the coaching change has sparked them. I bet he's allowed them to be a little freer offensively. Let's face it, guys are feeling it right now. And, um, you know, for Jake um, in particular, he had a great finish to the season last year. He wanted to carry that over into this year. He has, and they're playing uh, They're playing as a well-oiled unit. And I have to give him credit because I, I knew it was going to be a tough start for them, I thought, with the players they had of their lineup to begin with. It was Marchand. It was McAvoy. You had Greslick out. They've dealt with fit injuries to Forbert now. Krejci's out. I mean, they've had to really mix and match some lines in different situations, but it's a very deep team and a team that plays the right way still with a little bit more of an offensive upside. It's worked so far for them. It's going to be a tough one tonight versus the Rangers. Louis, let's have an awesome time today. Sounds good, bud. It's the Devils tonight. Let's get that. Uh, oh, no, it's not. It's for Boston. It's the Rangers. <laughs> Wait a minute. My apologies to Louis. Devils and Oilers tonight at 7 o'clock. <laughs> right here on these very airwaves. 5.30 is when we get things going in again. The 6 o'clock is when you can tune in for the uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony. Boys at Brent Ridge did such a good job selling their trucks and SUVs that they're actually in need of more. Trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright. Whatever is best for you. And remember, the 2023 order bank is open for F-150s and SUVs as well. Go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the team at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. We'll step out here on Oilers Now. I haven't heard that part of this song before. <laughs> little extra layering going on there. We won't talk about it. No, that's fine. 123 in Edmonton. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. What's going on, Cody? Well, let's start with the Devils here, obviously. Andre Palat's on IR after going through groin surgery, and Jonathan Bernier out as well, been having hip issues, practicing with the Devils. He did skate this morning. And then Dallas coming up on Saturday. Jake Ottinger's out for a week with a lower body injury, so he's unlikely to play as well. That's a huge loss for that Stars team. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty tough because he, yeah, he was my preseason pick to sort of really take a step forward. I know he did last year. He was pretty good and played a lot for Dallas, but he was lights out to begin the season. So Edmonton might dodge a bullet there. We'll see what kind of challenge uh, New Jersey presents. Andre Pilat was one of their big offseason moves, if not their biggest, and he's already down. And I also got a paper cut, so you can put me on the IR for tomorrow. Okay, good. <laughs> well, last time we saw you was several months ago, so I guess that's kind of the expectation now. Oh, we can go a few months without Cody. Uh, you're right. And as far as the Oilers go, it's down to just Tyler Benson with the knee injury, right? So they're they're a pretty clean bill of health at both the uh, the NHL and the AHL level. Yeah, I guess if you want to go through the official one, you got Clefbaum, Mike Smith, LTR, but we don't need to talk about that. No need. Tonight, 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 7 o'clock game time. Uh, And this texter has said, I'm not going to lie, mark me down. I think Edmonton's going to run away with this one big time. I think those young guys in New Jersey are honestly likely to be overthinking and overplaying, doing more than they should, and it's going to open up uh, some offense as it backfires for New Jersey. It'll open things up for McDavid and Dreisaitl, for Hyman, Kane, and uh, all of the veteran players to walk all over them. Texter is expecting a blowout tonight, he says. And I can see where there would be room for that because as you highlighted off the top of the show, Cody, New Jersey's tests on road to this 7-3 and three record haven't exactly been stiff ones, save for perhaps that one nothing shutout win over Colorado. 
But let's not sugarcoat anything here. Mackenzie Blackwood has not been great for the Devils this year. He has an 879 save percentage. Like, there's people on the text line complaining about Jack Campbell. Well, Campbell still doesn't have great numbers. They're still better than Mackenzie Blackwood this season here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they have Vitek Vanacek. They brought him in, uh, obviously, to complement Blackwood. Blackwood has been who Blackwood has been for a number of years now. So if, if you want to see this New Jersey team take a step, I think you might have to go a different direction goaltending-wise or at least see Blackwood play a lot more consistent hockey. He's always hurt, and then you get him up to the speed, and, and I think he, he would be somebody that the Oilers could take advantage of. But they got to stop surrendering the first goal. And maybe more importantly, as we've said, going back to last year, Edmonton has to stop surrendering goals within like the first minute of periods or games. It's bizarre how frequently that happens. Fortunately for them, they are able to sort of body that and, and the offense is such that they can grind their way back into games. That is not the ideal process, though. No, of course, you don't want to give up the first goal ever. But I think when you look back to Skinner's performance against Calgary, there was moments in that game where the Flames were dominating and he was the one who really steadied the ship for him. So I think that's a impressive feat for a young goaltender to do that. And now you do get a bit of an offensive test in New Jersey. So I'm curious to see how Skinner responds here. Yeah, uh, that's. I'm excited to watch Stuart Skinner and that, and that's no slight to Jack Campbell. It's just let's see how long Skinner can keep this thing going because he looks like a bona fide NHL goaltender. Do you think the team plays a little bit better in front of Skinner versus Campbell or maybe not as relaxed? I think Campbell's been victimized a little bit by the how these games have gone um, in the sense that the style of opponent they've played, it just, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've ended up in a run and gun because of who the netminder is, but it just seems to have aligned with these high scoring games that Campbell's the one in net. And there's been a few people to highlight to this point that Campbell's made saves, even though he's given up four, he's made the fifth save uh, on a clear cut breakaway from the blue line in. And that keeps this team in the win column versus the lose column. Perhaps that's the difference when you have a $5 million starter like Jack Campbell versus, you know, somebody like Koskinen or Smith who you're really rolling the dice on and, and sort of hoping for. So if you're the players on the ice, though, are you playing a little bit better in front of Stuart Skinner because you know that a young goaltender's confidence is a little bit more fragile, for lack of a better term, than a guy like Jack Campbell who you've got faith in can bounce back? No, because of how Skinner handles himself. There's nothing about him talking to the media, his composure on the ice. There's nothing about this guy that exudes anything but confidence. So if I'm his teammate, I can just kind of set it and forget it. That's how I'm looking at it. Now, if I'm Jack Campbell, I'm getting pushed for playing time. That's a different story. Should all be a motivating factor, though. We will connect with New Jersey Devils general manager Tom Fitzgerald in extended conversation with Bob Stoffer after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.